WISIP is the first international project aimed at promoting Italian cinema, directed by women, which is also available in an accessible version. It was selected as a special project by the Italian Ministry of Culture. Hello everyone, my name is Federico Spoletti and this is the first official podcast about the WISIP project, the WICIP project, Women, Italian Cinema and Inclusive Project. And we're going to talk about the event we had a few days ago in London on the 25th of June together with uh, Cinema Italia UK, our UK our British partner. Uh, the project is supported by the Italian Ministry of Culture, one of the special projects selected by the Ministry of Culture. This is the first project for the international promotion of Italian cinema, written, produced and directed by women and that uh, is officially launched uh, with this event, even if we had a light event a few months ago in Toronto together with uh, a Canadian partner, the uh, Italian Contemporary Festival of Toronto. The project includes the presentation of a number of films that are available also in accessible version. This project has two components. One is to promote uh, cinema written, produced and directed by women, Italian women filmmakers, but also to do that in, in an accessible version and to spread awareness about the importance of accessibility. And uh, in fact, today we're going to have some screenings and also two panels. Um, we're going, we, we had them already we're going to talk about them and the films that had been screened in, on this occasion uh, are three actually uh, Being My Mind by Jasmine Trinka and also uh, La Ragazza a Volato, a feature film by Vilma Labate and a documentary called Faith by Valentina Pedicini What are we going to do in this podcast? We are telling you about this event uh, which took place in London at the Garden Cinema in Covent Garden and we are going to listen to some audio clips from the two panels that are also fully available on FRED. FRED is a media partner and these panels will be also available on the WICAP.ai WICAP.ai page And we're going to tell you something about our London partner, our, our British partner, Cinema Italia UK. But first of all, just to tell you very quickly something about the project, uh, the WICIP project, as we like to call you, or WICAP project, uh, was selected, as uh, I mentioned already, by the Italian Ministry of Culture. And uh, the aim of the project is to promote uh, Italian cinema uh, written, directed and produced by women. We selected five films until now. And out of those five films, we screened uh, three of them in London and the, uh, the Covent Garden Cinema. And the event is organized in collaboration with the Cinema Italia UK, a London-based charity that has long been committed to the promotion of uh, contemporary Italian cinema and classics through films that go uh, beyond the traditional genres in order to encourage uh, cultural integration too. The program included on this occasion the screening of uh, Being My Mom, Faith and La Ragazza Volato, as I said, and uh, in addition to uh, the film screenings, uh, two panels focus on the following themes, uh, women equality in the film industry, Italian and British experiences, with the participation of uh, Italian and British female directors and producers. This was moderated by Silvia Pavoni, journalist for The Banker and founder editor of Sustainable Views of the Financial mm -hmm. Times, and then We had uh, another panel 
accessible filmmaking, how to make a film accessible to anyone with the participation of female filmmakers who adopt the notion of accessible filmmaking, users and representatives of some association. This panel was moderated by uh, Elena Davitti, reader at the University of Surrey and the coordinator of international research projects on cultural accessibility. The project includes many events and its journey goes from one continent to another and uh, other events will take place in the United States, in New York and uh, in Australia, in Sydney, in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, in Spain, in Vigo, in Slovakia, in Bratislava, uh, in France, in Toulouse and in Belgium, in Brussels, just to name some of them. We have a number of local international partners uh, like uh, Cinema Italia UK and the, the Italian organization um, Casa Zerilli Marimo in New York, the association Will Women in Leadership in Latin America, in Argentina, in, sorry, in Brazil, and the Argentinian Film Directors Association PCI, uh, the Human Rights Festival One Word in Slovakia, and uh, the GALMA, the Galician Observatory for Media Accessibility in Spain, and uh, other organizations in Europe. Also, we have some academic partners like the University of Nitra in Slovakia, the University of Vigo in Spain. And just let me thank, before going on, the following distributors and vendors for this cooperation, Sharaz, Cochinelle, Fandango, Luce Cinecittà, Rosamond and True Colors. Of course, they made things easier to organize, and so we give them a big thing. Just let me mention EarCatch, which is a second screen app, uh, thanks to which blind and visually impaired people uh, are able to attend screenings by downloading the audio description onto their smartphones. This app uh, automatically synchronizes uh, with the film soundtrack and also My Movies, our uh, the project partner platform uh, where virtual screenings and events will be made available and also a special thanks go to the fantastic Clara Caleo Green and also Luisa Pretolani and all the organization, all the staff of Italian Cinema UK, uh, which made possible and successful this event at the Covent Garden Cinema. So let's start talking about this afternoon, very long afternoon, very successful. And we are going to listen to a first extract from the first panel uh, called uh, Women Equality in the Film Industry, Comparison Between British and Italian Experience. The panel was moderated by Silvia Pavoni. She introduced herself and let's listen to the beginning of the panel that, as I said, remains available on the Fred website and also on the WICAP website. Let me tell you why I'm here and I'm so excited to be here. So um, my name is Silvia Pavoni. I am actually a financial journalist. Uh, so I never really have the pleasure of, of being part of such an exciting project, which is about the arts. But what I do find in my job and I um, write, uh, I'm an editor at the Financial Times Group and I uh, work on a platform uh, called Sustainable Views, which is all about sustainability, mostly, of course, in, in finance. But the issue of uh, um, inclusivity and uh, women uh, and allowing women and people, essentially who are not white men, to uh, progress through and go through the career ladder within finance, within business, it is something that I very much uh, monitor and, and we've been writing about. And um, well, things are improving, but perhaps much more uh, could be done. And we can talk about uh, a few numbers, perhaps, and a few initiatives, uh, and maybe even comparing how the situation 
uh, of, uh, well, women, but more, more broadly making sure that the world of work, of arts, the world really is inclusive. It's something that could be interesting to, to explore today. Um, so that's me. Sylvia went on presenting the speakers. Uh, we had Carol Nara, a documentary journalist, programmer and lecturer based in London, but uh, she's going to tell more about her and also uh, Victoria Mapplebeck, who is a BAFTA award-winning artist and director. We're going to listen to her introduction by Silvia. Also, Angela Prudenzi was on the panel and uh, Luisa Pratolani, a producer, and she's also part of the organization Cinema Italia UK. Also, at some point, uh, Alma Noce, the uh, protagonist of La Ragazza Volato by Vilma Labate, joined the panel. Uh, one of the speakers couldn't be with us for last minute uh, problems. Um, the director of uh, the films that is going to be one of the films that is going to be part Uh, of uh, the program, the girl is flown, um, so she couldn't be here. But hopefully, we are going to uh, still hope that uh, we're hoping that the protagonist Amanoche might be able to join us. Um, but let me start by introducing you to to other speakers. We have Angela Prudenzi, who is the co-founder of the WeSip project. So it's great to have you here, Angela. Let me tell you a bit about Angela. She's an Italian film journalist, writer, producer, event organizer, educator. She's a member of the National Union of Italian Film Critics and also a member of the Selection Committee of the Venice International Film Festival. We started talking a little bit about uh, the Venice Film Festival uh, earlier, so perhaps we can delve into that also during the discussion. Uh, Angela um, uh, also regularly um, collaborates with uh, publications such as the Rivista del Cinematografo, uh, but also Le Cachet du Cinema, Um, and uh, Cine Critica and Close Up. Uh, she's also uh, quite a well-known radio journalist and uh, one of the leading voices of Fright Film Radio. Um, we um, also have uh, right next to me Victoria Mappelbeck, who um, is a BAFTA Award winner. Uh, so really excited to be sitting next to her. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Victoria is a fascinating, she has a fascinating story. I feel slightly uh, you know, clumsy having looking at you and then in my notes, but I, I do want to get everything uh, right. And so Victoria is a director, producer, and she's um, she's well known for a number of um, of short films and, and she did win the BAFTA for one of them, Missed Call. Um, she also has a really interesting She's done a really interesting project, uh, The Waiting Room VR, uh, that's uh, chronicled uh, the story of her breast cancer from diagnosis through to treatment and to recovery. Um, and she has a lot of very interesting, she has a lot of experience um, being, being, um, <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I realized, I realized that that was the issue as I said, it, but what, what I, what I meant, what I meant is that she's really, she's really accomplished, but she can also tell us, She went through um, interesting stories, I guess, like all other women, whether you're a producer, a director, uh, an actor, uh, when dealing with um, convincing others, um, mostly men, to uh, to uh, get on board with uh, your project. But we'll more about Victoria later. We also have Carol Nahara, who um, is a producer, a documentarist, professor, uh, and Carol um, is um, she's been doing quite a lot of work on. Uh, Uh, documentary uh, journalism uh, and she can give us a really interesting uh, broad overview on, on what she sees in, in the UK in the UK doc documentary 
space. Um, she's being, um, uh, she's the host of a podcast, Doc House Conversations. She's a lead trainer for uh, the Grierson Doc Club. She's a trustee also for One World Media. Uh, she's a teaching fellow in um, documentary at Royal Holloway University. And so she's very busy as well. An associate lecturer on the MA uh, in documentary film at London College of Communications. She's an adjunct professor uh, teaching documentary uh, and digital media at the Syracuse University London. So, Carol, very, very keen to uh, hear from you as well. Um, and uh, for the moment, last but certainly not least, we have uh, Luisa Protolani, who um, uh, is also trustee at the Cinema Italia UK. She's a film director and she has um, an international experience um, the stand from New York to, uh, to London. And she, um, founded her own production company, River Crossing Productions after, um, her, uh, stint in New York for, uh, Pani Productions. Um, so she spent decades as a producer, uh, for various uh, broadcasts, including the Discovery Channel, Al Jazeera International, ITV, uh, and went back to directing with the, uh, her, with the short, uh, The Lift, which is, um, Centered again around illness um, and uh, and talks about strength. We listen to quite an interesting conversation. Please go and listen to the full panel. Angela was the first one to take the floor, and she started talking about gender equality and inclusivity in the Italian film industry. What is the state of the affairs when it comes to gender equality in Italy? And uh, indeed, the snapshot of the last few years shows a picture which is not really encouraging, uh, very far from the 50-50 goal. The latest study available uh, that she uh, mentioned was a 2020 study. While the data for 2021 uh, were not available yet, the number that comes back from this analysis are actually not encouraging at all. I would say discouraging. Uh, for example, in the direction category, this uh, analysis counts uh, um, 1,125 men and only 215 women. In screenwriting, we found 162 men and 432 women. Uh, in editing, 827 men and 279 women. In music, 377 men and 28 women. If we're talking about direction of photography, we found in this analysis 939 men and 99 women only. In production, 2,415 men uh, compared with 923 women. The only section where we notice a big number in, in the women gender is in makeup, more than 1,000 compared with 409 in the men gender. So the discussion that came up from this was really uh, interesting and uh, engaging, I would say. But let's listen to the comment of Alma Noce, the uh, protagonist of La Ragazza Avolato, who joined the panel at some point. I'll put you straight on the spot if you can if you can show your experience and you've had you've had international experience as well. You, you haven't just worked with the Italian directors, but you, you were also part of. Uh, uh, part of the Marvel family. When I mentioned to my teenage son that you were here, he, he went nuts. So, <laughs> um, so, um, yes, can you tell us a little bit about your experience? And, uh, you've just started, but how are you finding working in an industry that seems to be still dominated by men when it comes to the big decisions? I think a woman is always seen kind of as a provocative creature. So, 
anytime you're trying to move in cinema, but I think in any kind of job that there is in the world, it's very hard for uh, for you to navigate it by just really wanting to show that you want to do your job and nothing else because there's still that stigma of a woman is just a woman is supposed to stay home and and she's family related and she's provocative and and it's all that and it's hard to be taken serious that is true even just with i think beauty for men it's different if you're a beautiful man and you're a powerful man there's nothing that's missing it's all perfectly there but if you're a woman and you're beautiful uh that's always the first thing that is seen and so that's always kind of the first thing that's associated with you you know you, you maybe it's not the talent she's doing it because she's beautiful and so she's beautiful and people like her and men like her and they and god knows what she does you know um and i'm sorry but it's true i'm trying to be as as honest as possible um and it it, it can be scary uh i started very young i started when i was seven years old and i had a lot to do with older men and older women too but uh, it's a lot of of i feel like uh, manipulating and, and mind games it can be and then the i would really what i would like to do with my career is i, w- I would like to be a director and i've actually began writing a movie four years ago and uh, when I thought that it was almost ready, I started to give it out to production houses and see if people were interested in it. And, and it was always, um, they always tried to put writer writers with me that were males, particularly, which was very interesting. Um, and they wanted the whole movie to follow uh, some sort of... Um, a formula yes which is what they know works and which is what they know that sells and 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 so only the guy (laughs) probably only the guys apparently knows what works and what sells and and um and it's difficult because you you want to uh explore what's around you and you want to explore different forms of art form and of cinema and and it's already hard enough to do it and then you have actually someone else that is telling you maybe you should do it with a man or maybe you know you should should let someone else that has i don't know more brains than you whatever it is to 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 teach you to guide you and it can be right of course there's men that are incredibly good at this job but there's also women it's just the way that they're regarded as and looked at is different there's no real difference in the matter you know i don't know it's a very hard argument for me to speak about i've never actually been asked anything like this so i'm kind of rambling but it's uh, you've been really really eloquent i don't know if you want to hear more from Alma Noce, the actress, the main character protagonist of La Ragazza a Volato, The Girl Has Flown, and well known also for Avengers, uh, please go to listen to the whole panel moderated by Silvia Pavoni and you can hear comments from uh, Victoria Mappelbeck and Carol Nahra and our Angela Prudenzi and Luisa Pretolani. But as you know, uh, the other component of the WICAP, the Witch Project, is inclusion and on the same day, after the first panel, there was another panel called uh, Accessible Filmmaking, How to Make Films Accessible. That was moderated by Elena Davitti. And let's listen to her introduction of the panelists. 
Well, good afternoon, everybody. My name is Elena Davizzi. I am Associate Professor in Translation Studies at the University of Surrey Centre for Translation Studies. For a few years now, I have been researching practices at the crossroads of translation and interpreting, such as speech-to-text interpreting, live subtitling via speech recognition or re-speaking, to make different types of access of content, sorry, from information to culture to entertainment accessible in real time and across languages to the widest possible audience uh, beyond sensory, cultural, linguistic and cognitive boundaries. So it is a real honour for me to be here today and to uh, have been asked to moderate what promises to be a very interesting panel on accessible filmmaking, how to make films accessible to anyone. Now, this is a very important dimension, as you probably know already, of the Women in Cinema, in Italian Cinema, an inclusive project, which is a project co-funded by the Italian Ministry of Culture, with the goal to promote Italian cinema written, produced and directed by women filmmakers on an international scale, emphasizing also uh, the importance of making it accessible to the widest possible audience. So to this end... Um, the project uh, will travel across continents, will present such films in many locations uh, all around the world, and uh, we will make such films uh, available in fully accessible versions with subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing and audio description for the blind and visually impaired people. In the same spirit, our panel today is made accessible via live subtitling that should be appearing on the screen as we, as we speak. So I would like to take this opportunity to uh, thank Evan Dorenstein for making this possible by providing live subtitles right now via re-speaking. This one was the first panel on accessible filmmaking organized by the WISIP project, and we have been lucky to have uh, very distinguished speakers and panelists on this roundtable. Uh, the first one was Pablo Romero Fresco, the founder of the Accessible Filmmaking Concept. You're going to listen about uh, what accessible filmmaking is in a short clip we're going to hear now. And uh, other uh, practitioners very well known are Kate Dangerfield, Elena Di Giovanni, Professor Elena Di Giovanni, well-known Italian expert of accessibility, a professor at the University of Macerata, and Louise Fryer, who, who is possibly the most well-known audio describer of the West End shows, author of many uh, publications about uh, accessibility and audio description in particular. She wrote one of the main, the Bible of audio description, possibly. Let's start with an audio clip from Pablo Romero Fresco Talk. I'd just like to thank you um, for having me in the panel, and I'm sorry that I've not been able to take part in person, only through this recorded video. Hopefully, um, it will help uh, kick off the discussion. So I'd like to share a little presentation so that you can see a few things that I'd like to talk about. Um, I'm going to try and have my image on screen. I'd like to talk about accessible filmmaking, um, perhaps starting with the idea of what is um, accessibility, what is accessibility in film. And um, here I'd say that, to be honest, at the very beginning, um, accessibility was considered as a part of audiovisual translation almost. You could translate films by dubbing them or subtitling them or providing voiceover. And media access was perhaps a little corner within that building, a little room within that building. So if you have to uh, make your films accessible for people with hearing loss, then it's subtitles that you provide. If you want to provide access for people who are blind or partially blind, then audio description 
or an audio track with descriptions of images, amongst other things. That's a traditional conception of, of accessibility. But things seem to be changing these days. And Gian um, Maria Greco talks about these, these three shifts where accessibility um, is now something that concerns everyone, not only people with disabilities. Uh, it's now, in some cases, being considered from the beginning, not at the very end of a process. And users are beginning to um, take center stage, if you like. So I'd like to talk about um, that. First about the for all, about the idea that accessibility concerns everyone. We know that 80% of people who use subtitles for the deaf are actually not deaf or hard of hearing. And that uh, 85% of video content in Facebook, for example, is shown without sound and therefore with subtitles. So subtitles concern everyone. Um, then from the beginning, well, what we're saying here is that media access is traditionally being considered as something of a, an afterthought. You have the pre-production, production and post-production of a film. And then uh, at the distribution level, let's see if you can show this, yeah. Um, then that's when media accessibility happens with a, with a media access expert who works in isolation, no contact with the filmmakers or anything. Um, so this is not something that helps a lot, really. Um, and we know that it's not really, I don't know how to put it, very fair, because if we take the top crossing or best picture Oscar winners of the um, first of the 21st century, uh, we know that the average um, kind of amount of revenue provided by uh, translated or accessible versions is 50%. So 50%, let's just put it this way, 50% of the revenue of these films comes from translated or accessible versions, but only 0.01 or 0.1% of the budget is normally spent on translation and access. So there's a great deal of leeway there for uh, producers to invest a little bit more on translation and access, bearing in mind how important it is that, that these things are taken into account um, and how important it is to actually look after those versions because of the impact that they have. Very interested indeed as any possible talk by Pablo Romero Fresco, who really managed to uh, let the audience involve uh, very much in the topic of the discussion, in this case, accessible filmmaking. And now uh, let's listen to a short clip uh, from the same panel of uh, Louis Fryer. Yes, Notes on Blindness was a film about a man, a theologian called John Hull, who was losing his sight. And the filmmakers got hold of his original audio tapes in which he recorded his experiences and impressions. And they created their film from that. And Pete Middleton, who was one of the directors, knew that I'd been working on research around including visual information about the camera shots in the audio description. I've been a describer for a very long time. And so he got in touch with me and said, did I want to do the description for the film? And it was just as Pablo was talking about, we were able in the pre-production stage to talk through how it would work, what innovations they could create to make it what they wanted it to be, the most accessible film for blind and partially sighted people. So we did things like I could write my script and if I didn't know how old a character was, I could email Pete and he would contact me back and say, oh no, they're not four, they're only three. I mean, it's minor, minor things, but it means that you feel much more confidence as a describer, knowing that you're accurate and you're getting it right. And we also had the opportunity to record it together. 
So normally in the UK, the describer who writes the script will also record the script. And to be able to do that with the sound designer before they fixed the final sound design was really fascinating. And then I've been working with them on their most recent documentary, which is about Charlie Chaplin. And so they didn't make their final sound, their finished sound, until the description had been written. And then we were able to highlight certain sound effects in the script that made it much more self-evident for blind people as to what was happening. So it didn't need description because we could use the existing sound effects and make them more audible so people would know when someone had walked in or if someone was was on a ship, for example, when Charlie Chaplin sailed for America. I didn't have to describe the ship. We just heard a ship's funnel more loudly in the sound effects, in the soundtrack. So it was that kind of innovation which just made it much more fun to work on and it meant it was more creatively satisfying, I think, for them. And again, to hear more from Louise Fryer, please go and listen to the whole panel on accessible filmmaking. Uh, she uh, was telling about her Note of Blindness uh, project. That's definitely very interesting. And also, uh, let's hear uh, a little bit from uh, what um, Kate Dangerfield said about her research. Um, the whole research process centred around filmmaking workshops um, with people with sensory impairments and complex needs. Um, and this part of the research developed in collaboration with the National Disability Charity Sense, um, the people involved in the workshops, um, and also my supervisors, and that's Pablo Romero Fresco um, and William Brown. Um, and it was funded by the British Film Institute. Um, but we had research questions for the workshops um, and that was um, which equipment was accessible? Um, how do people use film as a means of communication and expression? Um, and then how do they access that content that they create? Um, the workshops were really fun um, and experimental um, and people could choose what they wanted to film and how they wanted to do it. Um, and although I was really open to what might happen, I think looking back, I had a really different idea um, for the project in general. And I think that was because of the preconceived ideas that I had about film. More from Kate Dangerfield in the whole panel. And then Elena Davitti, who was moderating, as we said, asked uh, Professor Elena Di Giovanni to tell us something about uh, accessibility and accessible filmmaking in Italy. Well, I have to say that um, audio description and uh, not only accessibility in general has been on the rise in Italy in the past few years. And uh, this is especially due to streaming service providers that have brought um, media accessibility as a regular service in Italy and elsewhere. So beginning with Netflix and then following on, um, you know, service providers like uh, Prime, for example, offer accessibility more and more. This has been very helpful in stimulating other you know, service providers and also the, um, our national broadcaster, RAI, who, uh, which has been offering audio description, for example, for many years, but just on a very few, uh, very limited products. Um, whereas nowadays they have, they have been doing more and more also in terms of live accessibility. So providing, for example, live audio description for some live events, important events. And I think that's a good occasion, although it's not exactly cinema to integrate access services from the very conception of, of a show in that case. 
And, uh, and the good side of all of this is that um, there is increasing attention and awareness. So this is very positive. In terms of accessible filmmaking as a practice, I'm not sure that um, a lot has been done so far in Italy, just because what Pablo was saying in the video is very true. The move from post-production to pre-production and production within a, within a movie production is not always easy. So there have been a few experiments. I have to say very often uh, originating, for example, out of film festivals, uh, where it's easier to be in touch with producers and also filmmakers um, and make, make plans for further experiments. Um, I was thinking as I was, you know, um, preparing uh, for, uh, for this uh, roundtable that I think this project uh, is going to be very important in terms of spreading awareness and, uh, and stimulating a change in, towards accessible filmmaking. So good luck on the project. Thank you, Professor Di Giovanni. We really hope uh, to give our contribution through the WISI project. Of course, uh, we know that one people in six uh, has actually some forms of disability. 135 million people with a disability are the numbers in the European Union. 30 million blind and partially sighted people in Europe. So we are talking about big numbers. There is a new legislation. Uh, the new audiovisual media service directive is actually it's going to be approved in all member states soon it's it's important that all films produced nowadays have actually always uh, the accessible contents produced the accessible features available within the project subtitles include information uh, about sounds noises music and character identification all of the info which help uh, hard of hearing audiences to understand what happens those kind of subtitles are known in Europe as SDH or caption in the US and Audio description is available for all the films in the project through the AirCatch application. AirCatch is a partner of our project based in Holland. It would be great if you could take a minute to download it and see how it works. With your headphones, you can listen to audio, the audio comment and the app syncs automatically the audio description comment with the audio coming from the film. Definitely everyone deserves to experience the power of films. If a person is unable to experience it because a film lacks accessibility, features, they are not able to participate and that's uh, discrimination and inequality, plain and simple and we want to avoid that. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you are interested to um, know more, please go, uh, as I said many, many times, to the full panels available on FRED and also on the waacp.ie website. Please contact us if you want to know more. Thank you so much to everyone that helped us in producing in this event, in particular in this case to Cinema Italia UK, Cinema Italia UK, and to Clara Caleo Green again, and uh, Luisa Pertolani, and also to all the staff here at the Covent Garden Cinema in London, and a big thank you to my partner in crime, Angela Prudenzi. And of course, to the great moderators we had today, Silvia Pavoni, journalist from the Financial Times, and uh, Elena Davitti, Reader at the University of Surrey. Thank you so much. Please keep following WeChip, the WICAP project, through the website and thread. And in the end, thank you very much to Davide De Benedetti, who supported us technically for the WeChip podcast on Fred. Bye-bye. WISIP is the first international project aimed at promoting Italian cinema written, produced, and directed by women, which is also available in an accessible version.
It was selected as a special project by the Italian Ministry of Culture. Fred Film Radio, 24-7 on fred.fm and smartphone apps.